This is Monica Perez, your libertarian voice on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB every Saturday from 3 to 6. And we are deep into a conversation about immigration policy. And I used as a launching off point Donald Trump's platform, which he released this week. And the centerpiece of that is a wall between the United States and Mexico. And I object to the wall because I think it's a distraction. I think the real uh, goal of our policymakers and the people they report to, specifically the Council on Foreign Relations and other uh, non-governmental organizations, internationalist organizations, that that policy objective is a stated objective. You can look on my website, monicaperezshow.com, for the CFR article I'm talking about. The state of uh, stated objective is for the free movement of people and goods from Mexico to the U.S. to Canada. So if you if they are busy behind the scenes changing our laws to accommodate that, and we're busy spending our time and energy arguing about or building a wall, then as soon as the wall is finished, and we've been watching that like magicians, they'll have changed the legal regime and the gate of the wall stays open and it'll be completely legal and there'll be nothing you can do about it. So I think we need to focus on the fact that there is a policy push behind the scenes to have this kind of free movement of goods and services, which I personally, as a libertarian, don't really care about, are actually in a totally free society. I like that. But you can't have it because they want to conform laws by taking away our freedom in their policy objectives. They they only want this kind of freedom of movement if we have the law, if, if our laws are all the same. And of course, I especially don't want that because those other places don't have the Second Amendment, for example. So I do believe that we need to defend our sovereignty in this country specifically, especially because we have the Bill of Rights. And in my mind, that's the last barrier to world government. But I'm going to I'm going to tease out some of these issues. First, let me get to a couple of calls. Natalie and Monroe, you're on with Monica. Um, yes, ma'am. Thank you for taking my call. Um, I have only a moment before I lose signal. My question is, I was reading an article yesterday that said that some of the 14th Amendment was left up for interpretation because Jacob Howard didn't specify his intent. And I think his intent is pretty clear. But then it got me thinking, how long could it really take for Donald Trump to implement this policy since it's so bold? And would he even still be in office to see it through? I personally do not think that there is any chance we get uh, an end to birthright citizenship. I just don't think that's going to actually happen, whether Donald Trump is president or not. To, he would either have to get the courts to to reinterpret the Fourteenth Amendment, and I don't think I don't I, I'm I don't necessarily care about the intent of the framer as much as I care about how they sold it to the public. And the Fourteenth Amendment, I don't think they ever fully sold to the public. I believe they shut down the southern states they 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 the northern states 
passed the Reformation Acts to delegitimize the Southern governments, the post-Civil War Southern governments, so that they could get enough votes to pass the 14th Amendment, that they wouldn't have to count the Southern votes. It's a very tricky thing. Look it up. Look up the 14th Amendment ratification controversy. So I don't, the intent of the framers is, uh, to me, secondary even to the ratification issue. But the black and white letter of it, I think, could be interpreted either way. But Donald Trump would have to either get the thing overturned, the 14th Amendment modified, or get the courts to look at it differently, which he wouldn't. But I am saying that it is possible to look at it as a uh, as as not giving birthright citizenship to people who's who do belong to another country. I think it was designed for freed slaves who were a part of this country, subject to this country's laws, and and you don't want to make them stateless. But Mike called earlier and said this could be even more convoluted than I realize that if they eliminate birthright citizenship, then you are going to have some stateless people. Because a lot of South American countries, unlike most countries in the whole world, do have this citizenship by soil instead of citizenship by blood, which is the norm. So birthright is citizenship by soil. And if these other countries have that and you deny their kids uh, the birthright, then maybe you have stateless people. And Einstein, Albert Einstein, was for a while a stateless person. He had no country, no citizenship. And his response was to call for an uh, abolishing nations that that he wanted world government because he thought it was outrageous that a man could have no place to belong. So if you really want to go down the rabbit hole with Mike, maybe there is something even more subversive about it. But I really don't think it's going to happen uh, anytime soon. I'm going to Jim in Woodstock. Jim, you're on with Monica. Yes, ma'am. Can you hear me? Yes. Lay it on me. All right. Okay. Thank you for taking the call. Uh, I am uh, a Vietnam vet. My wife is Mexican. I am sick and tired of beating and the bashing in Mexican. Uh, she is from Texas, actually. And uh, this whole immigration deal, it, it, it's so pathetic how we, we, we're, we're talking about building, building a wall that's not going to happen. Uh, that's if Trump gets into office. And on top of that, my wife's father, who was a veteran in Korea, and I guess I, I work for a Fortune 500 company, and I, I hear all the negative uh, bashing of Mexicans out loud, uh, but yet we can't talk about African Americans and use in certain words, which I agree we shouldn't. Uh, and it's just so lopsided. Uh, I know we're, you know, our borders are being overrun, but look who we have as a poor president. We, we don't have any control. Uh, that's just my statement. Uh, what I, what I feel is this, is this abuse of the Mexican people that are here. And on top of that, I want to ask you about your libertarian stance on abortion. Oh, wow. So the other big controversial issue. Well, um, let me address a couple of things that you said. Okay, Jim, I'm going to hang up and I'm going to address your call, your, your comments. Uh, just to, to wrap up the, I'm not wrapping up the immigration thing. I'm going to address your points about the immigration thing. The, I think the big problem with the immigration problem is made worse in some ways when you crack down super hard on the borders and at the same time tie the right to work and travel to citizenship. And what, what you end up having, having is 
it used to be people would go back and forth. Poor Mexican migrant workers would come up and cross the border and, and do their thing, agricultural stuff, and go back. All the time. It didn't matter. They, they didn't want to live here. It's too expensive. And they wanted to be near their families. But once you crack down on the border, if you get in, you have to stay in. And, and this is the thing that bothers me the most, that if it, the, every single immigrant I've ever known who wanted to come here and work pursued citizenship just so they could stay here and work. But the rights and, and dangers of expanding citizenship outside of people who I would say can uh, handle the responsibility, which I, I'm not saying they couldn't per se. I'm just saying that why, why mix those two things up? Just because somebody can work doesn't necessarily mean that they can fully understand the Constitution of the Bill of Rights. So there is a, uh, there is a problem when you mix up these issues, you crack down on the border, then people are going to come over, they're going to stay over, and they're going to want to become citizens, even if that isn't how it would have worked anyway. And that creates more conflict than there needs to be. But ultimately, I think the policy goals are uh, broader even than we've thought about so far. I think that they have no intent. Uh, th there won't even be a concept of illegal immigration if the CFR policy goes through. And who knows if the Trans-Pacific Trade Partnership is going to support that. Uh, and that's why we shouldn't look at the wall. We should look at the policies. Uh, and you asked about my position on abortion, which is funny because immigration and abortion are the two competing rights issues where a coercive monopoly state creates a problem for the libertarian. So I, as a, uh, my son has Down syndrome, I didn't even get an amnio, I would not, not even consider an abortion, I consider that human life, and I have marched in Washington against Roe versus Wade, which I think is unconstitutional, and uh, I support my mother who prays to end abortion. But if you look, and I'm not saying it, if I had to cast the vote that it should be legal or illegal, I would not say it should be legal. But the libertarian viewpoint that you can't stop people from doing it is this. You could stop a doctor from doing it, but the mother, by you could kill him. If he was about to kill the baby, you could kill the doctor and save the baby. But you really couldn't do that with the mother. You, you, she has a special relationship there. So as far as the coercive state goes, libertarians have uh, different views about abortion. But that is a, <laughs> is a topic that you can't just shoehorn in into another conservative topic, which is immigration. So I'm going to get back to immigration right after the break. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. This is Monica Perez. And now for something completely different. Monica Perez on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. It's going to get hotter as the work week begins. Monday's forecast uh, for a 90 degree high, but that could change. So stay tuned to WSB Weekend Weather brought to you by Shoemate, the official air conditioning of summer. And we're talking about the immigration debate. Trump wants to build a wall. I think the wall is not going to work because the problem is the intentions, and I would say secret intentions, of those who make policy in this country. But let's continue the conversation. 1-800-WSB-TALK. I'm going to Jeff in Brookhaven. Hi, Jeff. You're on with Monica. Yeah, Monica, I got a question for you. Do you believe, I'm in that Trump is coming out very aggressively and matter-of-factly uh, about the wall, immigration, etc., that he could not actually pull this off because... He's actually a covert member of the CFR or something, or 
uh, they're more powerful than he would be. He couldn't rally the, the people of this country to uh, save themselves, so to speak. Well, I'll tell you, I, I did look it up. Trump is not a stated member of the CFR. You can look up the Council of Foreign Relations and you can look at their membership roster, which might surprise you. Grover Norquist, uh, Peggy Noonan, Angelina right. Jolie. So you can Andrew Weil, that health doctor. So there are a lot of people that surprise you on that list. He is not on that list. What I'm saying is, is yeah. he really the antithesis of all the things that we're speaking about in the negative sense? I mean, isn't his intention to redeem the country? To make uh, it great again? I'll tell you what I really think about Trump. And I, and I started thinking about this the very first time he said that thing about immigrants being racists, uh, rapists. But he didn't and then, say that, Monica. That's not what he said. No, all right. Sorry. Sorry. No, I, I'm not trying to throw him under the bus. No. It's very important that we... Okay, go ahead. Exactly what he said, because yeah. we've all been programmed to hear and yeah. believe things that we didn't. Do it. Say it. I don't saying. have a lot of time. Say it. Well, what I'm saying is, is that he never said that the Mexicans... He, he, he made no racist statements whatsoever. Okay, all right. So I'm let me just make life. my point. I, I, will re, I will change what... <laughs> he said something to the effect of Mexico sends over their least desirable people on purpose, and, uh, and that was the point he was and trying to make. you don't believe that to be true? Yeah, I do. Let me talk. What I'm saying is, what is he saying that's wrong, and why could I'm going to tell you the thing about Trump that I think, and it is this. When I see how the media treats him, it seems to me it is a very old adage, no PR is bad PR. If you are getting on the news, it is good for you. And the more he gets on the news, the more it's controversial, the more his ratings go up. And I saw that. I have been watching that happen from the beginning. I couldn't believe they gave him all that airtime in the beginning for that comment that he made. And I was wondering about that. And I, as a supporter of Ron Paul, when I look back and saw how well he was polling and he was literally ignored by the press, they would, they would literally skip over his name in reading poll results. They would go from the first person to the third person to the fourth person to the fifth person skipping Ron Paul, it's crazy. So if they want, if they were not all all enjoying this show, if there weren't something to it to promote the agenda that the media always promotes, I don't think they would be giving him that much press. That's all. I'm not saying he's not expressing good views. I'm not even bashing him. I'm just discussing, using as a launching off point, a topic he brought up. 1-800-WSB-TALK, our numbers. Uh, you can tweet at me at Monica Perez Show back after the break. Monica Perez on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. I have the Libertarian Voice on WSB every Saturday from 3 to 6. Next week, though, I'm going to be on from 4 to 6, and I'm going to do a segment at 5.30, Ask the Libertarian. So if you have a question or a controversy that you want me to answer, shoot me an email from my website, MonicaPerezShow.com, or you can tweet at me at MonicaPerezShow. We are in the last half hour of our discussion on immigration, and I centered it around Donald Trump's proposal for a wall between the U.S. and Mexico, but this is not a new proposal. And uh, he, another thing in his immigration plan was that he wanted to end birthright citizenship, which is uh, the idea that you have the citizenship of the place you're born. But a couple of people have called and think I'm anti-Trump. I'm really just trying to talk about the issues. And if you want to hear, uh, I spent three hours two weeks ago 
defending Donald Trump in the the Megyn Kelly dust up. I mean, three solid hours. It was a great show. If you want to check it out on my website, MonicaPerezShow.com, I put all the podcasts up there. So I'm really just trying to to talk about these issues. I, I don't think Donald Trump's any worse than anybody else. And actually, in my ranking of GOP candidates, I put him number three. So if the if the primaries were today. So let's uh, keep the conversation going. Let me go to Jeff in Atlanta. Hi, Jeff. You're on with Monica. Hi, Monica. I just wanted to see if you had read Section 5 of the 14th Amendment, which says that Congress shall have the power to enforce by appropriate legislation to provision to this article. Yep, I have the Constitution in my hand on my desk. I read it before the show, the whole 14th Amendment. What's your... uh, doesn't have to go through an amendment to the Constitution to take away anchor baby status. They can simply pass a law. Well, it doesn't say... if If the court is ruling that when the 14th Amendment says all persons born or naturalized in the United States and subject to the jurisdiction thereof are citizens, if the court is saying that 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 gives birthright citizenship to anchor babies, then Congress can't pass a law to deny that right. The 14th Amendment says... They can amend the 14th Amendment, which the amendment itself gives them the authority to do so, and that overrides what the court has... I disagree with that. On the, and I, I did go to Stanford Law School, and I am a member of the Bar in New York. I'm not saying I know for sure, but just reading it, it says the Congress shall have power to enforce by appropriate legislation the provisions of this article. But that would be denying a right given by this amendment if that is what if that is the right given. I think that is different from enforcing that right. It doesn't say that they can enforce. That's what it says. This is what it's Section 5 says. The Congress shall have power to enforce by appropriate legislation. And they they can then decide to take away that part of what the court has determined. And it was only in the last 40 years that they determined, the court determined that. Well, yeah, if what... Yes, okay. I will give you that. I would, I would say, and this is also a disputed thing, but in my view... Congress is the legislative body, and it can, I mean, this is a highly controversial, but I, I think that Congress can uh, change, can override the view of the court if the court misinterprets the amendment, because the amendment came from Congress, so they should determine what it means, and if the court says it means something else, Congress should be able to clarify that. I will give you that. Uh, this yeah. amendment specifically gives Congress that power. Not it's all bes- amendments do. Yes, that's right. And the next one does, too. And it was controversial in the next one because they had to enforce it with the army at the state level. The vote. The next one is giving the votes. And Congress right. sent out the army to enforce that. It was a very controversial clause in there. I'm just saying, if you read it, that you will see it says Congress has the right to enforce the amendment. It doesn't say amend it. It doesn't say modify it or interpret it. But I do think that because it came from Congress, they should be able to set, tell you what it means if it's ambiguous and the court gets it wrong, which I actually think the court did get it wrong. I'm not arguing against the birthright citizenship or anything. I'm just saying I think they did get it wrong. Um, I am going to Ron in Canton. Hi, Ron. You're on with Monica. Or let me see, Janet in Atlanta. Hi, Janet. You're on with Monica. Hi. I just want to just throw this into the mix, too. Um, 
You know, down in, in Mexico, from what I understand, is that you, it's very difficult to send money out of that country. And, and you know, the, the money that, that flows from people who are here illegally down in Mexico, what I also understand is, is about somewhere around 25 to 30 percent of the Mexican economy. And so, you know, it's, it's no wonder they encourage people to come up here. I think that is a point that Trump was trying to make. They and and remember when Carter opened the doors to Cuba and Cuba supposedly right. emptied their prisons. Yeah. yeah, it's not. It's not. It's it's a it's an it's a, it's a smart thing to do. What yeah. isn't what isn't smart is for our laws. I think they are deliberately designed, starting with the 1965 Immigration Reform Act, to discourage highly educated people from places that have had a European or English colonial heritage where they might have been raised with a history of understanding the Enlightenment. The Enlightenment was that kind of revelation by the great thinkers that human beings have these individual rights and they supersede the rights of the state. If you come from a different tradition, where they think of the states as number one, or if you are least educated, you're going to not contribute. You're not going to be able to defend those rights. So it's it's smart of them to send, if that's what they're doing, to send those people over who they don't want. But but for us, it's a failure. It's a democratic failure. Our democratic system, our politicians want people to vote in bigger government, but it's in it's a conflict of interest with us, the citizens who want to preserve our rights against government. How would you change the? Uh, how would you change that act then to encourage people who um, uh, come from places or, or at least value our our um, res- respect for individuality? Well, I'll tell you, Janet, that I don't get into that kind of policy tweaking because I don't want to make a an unfree system work better. I have, uh, I, what I would do is I would restore freedom in this country. I would eliminate labor laws, welfare, food stamps, unemployment insurance. I would, I would not subsidize infrastructure, roads, public transportation, college. I mean, that's what being, I'm an anarcho-capitalist. I'm an extreme libertarian. I don't believe in all of these laws socialism uh, regulations that screw up labor markets, attract uh, foreign labor while we have massive amounts of people not participating in the workforce. A free labor market would basically end all that immigration. There, You wouldn't have to manipulate the immigration. If you didn't have any kind of socialism or welfare, you wouldn't attract people who know in the back of their minds they need a safety net. You would attract people like you used to attract in the 19th century when we had a free society, people who understand the concept of sink or swim. And if they don't, like I said earlier, my grandparents from Germany and Ireland stayed, but my grand great grandfather from Syria, Christians, his wife died in childbirth. He left my grandmother in an Irish orphanage and went back to Syria. He couldn't deal with it. So you you find pretty quickly people who aren't ready for the American way, but it's not the American way anymore, and we're not going to restore those freedoms, but uh, I'm not going to help them by shoehorning policies to make their dysfunctional system better. It's There's a failure, and it's a failure in liberty, and that's what I think people miss. I'm going to Kenneth in Kennesaw. Hi, Kenneth. You're on with Monica. 
Hi, how are you? I have two comments. Please let me get through them. And no offense meant by it. But um, uh, as a listener to your show, I would have to say, please stop telling everybody that you're a libertarian. We all know it's obvious. Well, what about Ed, who called screaming at me that I was a liberal? Well, then he's not listening. I don't think he was listening to what I was I saying. I listen to you every weekend, and I'm a libertarian as well, but I don't okay. think it needs to be said. All right. In my opinion. I take your opinion. The, let me get to the point at hand. I think that the wall is a good idea, but I don't care if it's a chain-link fence. It's, I don't think it's meant to stop anybody. I mean, come on. They build tunnels from Tijuana to San Diego all the time. Right. You know, you can build 100 walls. It makes no difference. There's no way to stop um, illegal immigration until you stop. They're not necessarily evading um, economic crisis. It's tyranny. It's their government tyranny. Really? You think that? It seems to me that when the well, our ec- economy... Amendment, do they? What? They do not have one, and they are... Wait, say that again? What? They do not have a Second Amendment, and they have a 100% gun ban. So the only people who have guns are illegals. I know, but I mean, I'm telling you that the when our economy turned down and those jobs started to go away, the flow reversed, indicating that it is economic. Well, that's true. I, I'm not saying it's not good. It is not good. But we have invested a lot, and I think that if our millionaires and billionaires and whatnot want to invest in those companies and make factories there to where they can work and strive and have families there. I think that still the, the overriding mm-hmm. issue is the fact that they have this such a corrupt government. Not that ours isn't, but ours is at least controllable. Yeah. And, oh. and that's why what concerns me about this Council on Foreign Relations document that talks about, I don't mind freedom, I like freedom, but it talks about taking the laws, the strictest laws of the three countries and everyone adopting the strictest of the three in labor, in regulation. And, and for me, that's what kind of hamstrings economic uh, prosperity, and then we'll all be brought down to that level. They talk about equalizing Mexico and the United States in prosperity, but it doesn't talk about bringing Mexico up. It just says equalizing no. it. Well, that's what I, I, I would pr- I would prefer to help Mexico. I'd prefer to help all the Latin American communities, but we can't do that honestly without you know battling their governments because their governments are way beyond corrupt compared to ours. I've been Whoops, sorry. Yeah, I, I have heard that. I do. I mean, I think that it's self-evident, but I'm I'm losing faith in our ability to even control our government anymore. Look at Obamacare. We didn't want that. No, we certainly did not. And I, I certainly did not. And um, it, it's um, it's disturbing. But um, that's, I guess, in a way why we have elections, even though I don't know that those are necessarily... <laughs> I know. Either, I'm kind of uh, skeptical about that. I always vote for my kind of protest to the liberal fascist center. I never vote for one of the big party guys. I do vote in the primaries. But I, I try to continue to uh, engage in the process, although I have, I'm have i losing faith in it. Uh, this is Monica Perez. I have time for one more call after the break, or you can tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. Monica Perez on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. 
am the Libertarian Voice on WSB every Saturday from 3 to 6, but next week I'm on 4 to 6, so don't tune out just because it's a little bit late. And we have had quite a lively conversation today. I knew that immigration would be a controversial subject. People got their ire up, but I'm super glad I got a great tweet from Jacob saying, that feeling you get in the car on a Saturday afternoon and realize the Monica Perez show is on. So I love that. Thank you so much. I hope that even though we did have a few heated tempers, it was fun to listen to. And if you'd like to continue the conversation or talk to me directly, you can email me through my website, MonicaPerezShow.com, or tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. Or if you like the show, like me on Facebook and uh, stay in the loop. I do have time for one more call. I'm going to go to Joe in Locust Grove. Hi, Joe. You're on with Monica. Thanks, Monica, for taking my call. Hey, uh, um, look, I don't know, uh, Monica, you know, Ten years ago, I think somebody like Donald Trump is about ten years late. It's I just wonder, you know, this time next year if he's still standing, if his polls still, if he's still standing good in the polls, and it's really too early right now. Anything can happen, but I just wonder if it's too late. And another thing is on this immigration. Uh, I mean, on the Fourteenth Amendment, you can, you can, I can just, I can bet you a hundred dollars that John Roberts. Kennedy and all the uh, the rest of the liberals on the uh, Supreme Court are just itching to get their hand on that. Uh, <laughs> when somebody takes it to court and sees that wall is going to be constitutional, so they can uh, uh, deny it and say it's unconstitutional. Well, they're never going to. I think the issue with the court would be the Fourteenth Amendment would be whether it confers citizenship to people just by virtue of having been born here. I think that there is, right, no way the Supreme Court is going to overturn that. And and as far as Trump being too late, I think, uh, you know, is he going to be around a year from now? I can't help but continue to think that the candidates will be Hillary and Jeb. I feel like it was anointed ahead of time and and something about the way this circus kind of unrolled and i'm not i'm not criticizing trump i actually when i did break down the 10 candidates who were in that big gop debate he was my my third highest pick i and and after listening to him i'm always surprised that he really is intelligent and coherent i mean he does flip-flop but his positions, now that he's committed to this immigration plan, it's a lot of common sense stuff. I mean, it's definitely harsh. You know, he wants to deport anybody who's committed a crime. I think that's reasonable. He wants to enforce the laws. And if you have a problem with the laws, change the policy. But I think he's right. The laws should be enforced. Uh I think he's saying all the things people want to hear, but I don't think that, first of all, he would single-handedly be able to do this stuff. And people have brought out, would he be able to bring Congress and everybody else on board? That's not the way he operates. I mean, he's a leader. He's a CEO type guy. He He's going to boss people around. It might work. But underneath it all, just in my heart of hearts, I feel like if you're, if you're not ready to play this game, I mean, look at our president's. People who have started to step outside the box, stuff happens. I mean, JFK, some people think Watergate was a coup. Gerald Ford, two assassination attempts. Uh, Reagan, one assassination attempt. Maybe they're all crazy, lone, whatever. But I just, I can't help but get the feeling that if you're not an insider, you're not going to get ahead. I think I got a tweet to that effect from Blake earlier. You can check out my tweets at Monica Perez Show. 
But if you want to challenge me on that, go to my Facebook page. I'll continue to post on that after the show. And tune in next week. Uh, my show will be 4 to 6 on Saturday right here on WSB. This is Monica Perez. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.